Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just, you forgot to enter. Whoa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. This is Connor Hallway of the Golden Hours Podcast, and this is a GDP Minute. Tonight, I'm recording the opener at 1042. Um, never normally up this late, and... Um, Normally, you know, I record these things first thing in the morning, the day after an episode, and just kind of reflect on the episode. But, dude, I've been staying up a lot later in Los Angeles. You know, I've been staying up till 11, midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and um, it's actually been very refreshing staying up late and sleeping a little bit, just because I feel like I'm a little more introspective in the night, and I'm not go, 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 and I can actually kind of reflect where things are at and where I want things to go, and... um I don't know, just recently I've just been feeling like, why are things not bigger? It, it's not going to be because of lack of effort ever. W- like, why are things not more seamless? And I think I've been grinding for long enough to reflect and realize where I'm coming up short. And I just think I needed to vote all my time into connecting people and helping people think anytime I've done that, great things have happened in my life because I'm energized by that. I'm always energized about throwing events, promoting events, bringing people together. And doing the movie, it the thought of doing what I did for that movie, again, depresses the fuck out of me. And so my long-term goal out here is to be in a Marvel movie. Truthfully, it is. Um, it's a star and be the leading man in the Marvel movie. But I cannot do the production side, man. I can't do it. Overseeing and producing, I just it would make me miserable. And so, just this is me just rambling here, but essentially, I just really I need to throw a fucking party out here, man. I love fucking connecting people. I gotta throw something popping. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just think that that's my window to taking the next step. I need to make a character change. Essentially, what it is like. There's just certain thoughts that I have to rewire. Um, to take the next step in my career. And uh, I think it's coming at a good time, but I have to focus on purely helping and connecting people and purely helping other people. I think that's what's the unlock to the rest of my career. Anyway, that's just what's going on in my mind. These are the thoughts I have. Like, anyway, cool. I had Yuri Baribian on the podcast. Now, you guys will hear how I met Yuri um, right at the start. And it's funny, dude, like, that's the truth. I came out here not knowing what the fuck I was doing, still barely know what the fuck I'm doing. And um, I kind of lied my way into the job because I was like, yo, maybe I'll be in the mix. I'll be meeting a lot of people and I can still build whatever I want to build on the side. Did not work out that way whatsoever. But I did meet Yuri. I met his whole team and I was like, wow, these dudes have an entirely Ukrainian-based company and they're, and they're doing all the back-end stuff on huge events. And I am so grateful we had him on the podcast. Like, what a fucking great story, dude. What an incredible, incredible story. Like, he really came from Ukraine over here when he was in his low 20s. After the Ukrainian revolution, he was there for all of that, built up the company, and now his family is still in Ukraine. And it was just... he. He has an incredibly 
inspiring perspective on life, a very simplistic perspective on life. And bro, this guy is very successful at a young age. And his mindset is just like, it's just, I wish I could adopt everything. It's, I don't know, man. He's just, you guys will listen. You'll really like it. And um, he's a good dude. Really, really grateful to have him on the show. Um, anyway, guys, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with a friend. You guys know, um, if you get any sort of value, share it with a friend. If you get any sort of value from following my journey, share it with a friend. Share it with a friend. We got to grow the show. I got to make more money out here. But I think the unlock to making money is literally just going to be connecting more people. Honestly. Um, I've been having million dollar thoughts recently, man. Million dollar thoughts. Billion dollar thoughts. How the fuck do I get there, you know? And I got to just use the fucking gifts that God gave me. This episode's for you guys. I hope you enjoy. All of Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait. Was that not it? Hey, enter. Just, you forgot to enter. Elton John. So his guy, he brought, he brings the piano. So he, in every big city, he has his own piano. And the guy who is looking for it and taking care, making sure it's like good. Steinway piano? No, he has Yamaha. Okay. He's endorser. Yamaha indoors. So the guy brought the piano, tuned everything, put it. This is how he likes. Then the monitor guy comes, puts everything. This is how he likes. And I, I'm asking, uh, who's going to be front of house engineer? He says, uh, and we had the all the conversations about it for about two months. You know, all these discussions and everything. And no, is this in Hollywood? Okay. Yeah. And his guy says... According to all your <clears throat> discussions and everything, you're gonna be this guy. Like, oh. Okay, that's it. so. I sound checked everything for the monitor guy, so played the piano, checked the mic, and he did the same for me for front of house. And he told me, you know, um, you you're checking the mic pretty loud, but he's gonna be louder. I understand, but I didn't know that he's gonna be that much louder. Why is he a booming voice? He's powerful as really? elephant. I know he's crazy. <laughs> as and, an elephant. And the interesting thing th that these guys like Elton John or Stevie Wonder, they have so their vocals is very stable. They they have um they they, they have certain space in the whole mix and they're there. Like uh I don't know, like a like a truck. He's there. That's it. And that's that's cool. This, so did you people... pull the performance off? Uh pull what, what like, you mean? Like did you execute on your job that night? Uh yeah, everything was great. The only thing that the guy from him was uh he was standing next to me and saying, you know, oh, now he's going to be probably playing with his legs and everything, so be ready for that. That's going to be fun. So he was like giving me heads up what's going to happen next, so I know what to do but it was was pretty cool and is this like as soon as you got out to la when did this happen ah that happened maybe like in three years or something like that Ar armon are we good to go yeah, yeah. <laughs> good okay to three two one bang double clap sync the audio sync the video we're caught in the simulation and before i introduce my guest on my right camera left who else is in the building This guy made a movie. Impeccable. Nice to meet you. Impeccable guy. <laughs> now, Armand, I'm just going to tell you one thing. 
I believe, based on my research, that our guest was originally an audio engineer. So you better be on your game today, brother. <laughs> am I right? Yeah, I am. I'm still. You are. But who's engineering the episode today? Um, I'm on dating the audio engineer for tonight. Nice to meet you. Great guy. And the man who made it happen, who actually got it down on paper. <laughs> he did, but... Uh, Kyle Herbert, aspiring producer, producer of music, videos, anything you want, I'll do. Let's go. And uh, a co-worker yes, of our guest today. An engineer for live entertainment and sports events. Now, let's just segue on that real quick again before I introduce our guest. So, I come here from Boston. It's always my goal. I got to get out to Los Angeles, man. I just got to get out there. I just got to get my feet rolling. Got to get the wheels rolling. And so, probably at the time when I was first contacting you and your company, I was probably harassing you guys. Kind of known to do that, man. No just, one is perfect. That's fine. Well, no. It's, it's actually, <laughs> I kind of like being like that. Persistent. You got you to gotta fight for what you want in this life, man. So, anyway. I was granted, after seeing our guest two to three times at a venue in Hollywood, I was granted a chance to produce and be the production manager for an event at an event in Hollywood. And multiple times during this rigorous interview process, our guest asked, do you have technical experience? Do you have technical experience? And I'm like, dude, me? I made a movie. Of course I have technical experience. Mind you, I don't even know how to charge my phone half the time, okay? <laughs> so, it comes time to execute on said opportunity. Dude, you're going to help manage this event. Now, I've promoted plenty of events. I've operated plenty of events. And I literally had no idea what the company did. Zero clue. He was like, yeah, you know, we might be doing some Oscars party. We've done some stuff with the Grammys. I was like, oh, my God, right in the mix. We're going to do it right away. I want to be there. I'm there. I'm in Hollywood. This is all, all I've ever wanted. So I show up to the event. Bougie. You know what I'm saying? There's like six different event companies working. Like there's a caterer. Then there's a violinist. And then there's also people setting up all this bougie furniture. We're right in Hollywood. And I'm like, damn, I'm really in the mix. I go downstairs, I'm saying like, hey, so what's the event tonight? They're like, oh, it's um, it's actually like a, a Kevin Hart party. It's like Kevin Hart sponsored party. I'm like, yo, big break. This is how it works in Hollywood, man. You get your break, you execute your opportunity, you're huge. So I don't see anyone I know. First person I see is Kyle. And I was like, hey, man, so what are we doing tonight? He goes, oh, dude. We're look having up, fun. No, look up in the sky. <laughs> and I'm I'm looking at these like $100,000 lights. I'm like, what do you mean we're doing that? He's like, yeah, man, we're going to do those and we're going to do all the sound. I was like, all right, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm watching you. Keep 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 going. <laughs> so. <laughs> do the lights. I will take a look. <laughs> so then I find our guest. And I was like, hey, man. So what? Like, what, what am I doing tonight? I swear to God, the first thing he said is, I need you to calibrate the sound. And I was like, oh, <laughs> um, all right, man. So I literally just like walk out and I'm like, all right, I go up to Kyle. I was like, hey, bro, you know how to calibrate the sound? <laughs> he was like, he was like, ah, he's like, that's not really my job. I was like, yeah, man, I really need your help. He's like, I'm really busy right now. So then I go back to our guest and I was like, hey, I think someone else is going to take care of the sound. He goes, you don't really know what you're doing, do you? And I was like, no, I do. He goes, okay, then set up this TV stand. When you said that to me, set up the TV stand. I was like, right, 
game over. Like, we got to talk, <laughs> man. Because you gave me the pamphlet with all the instructions, and I was like, oh, God. Essentially, the man to my right owns the company who handles all of the production and the lighting at big events downtown. And so what I've been telling people is my first night in Hollywood, I got hired and fired from a Kevin Hart party. Not fired. You well, were so the you were pretty honest in the um and that's uh, something that I really appreciate that you came to me saying, you know, that's something that I really don't know and I don't want to be uh on the way and I don't want to do something wrong and and then jeopardize the the event because I'm not stressful. I'm event. not I'm not knowing the exactly what what people are expecting from me. That's way better than so we we had been shadowing you so you were not left alone. Yeah. <laughs> you we we don't really sometimes we don't really tell that yeah we're going to keep an eye but um that that was so I'm taking people and giving them opportunities to try something that they may be really doing really well, but they don't know that they're capable of. Uh, I had a friend, he was the owner of several restaurants, and sometimes he did that. He took the waiter and put him as a, a manager for the restaurant for a day or for a week, uh, and he had really good results because that, that person may know a lot about the restaurant, may know a lot about things how they go and he may get a really different better result than the guy who was managing the restaurant for years you know so that thing inspired me of taking some people in switching positions or taking someone who was not doing that before but person who had done it before has his way has the idea has routine may have some process but the someone who is new he can come and get interesting idea. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, let's think about Ringo Starr. Sure. Before before we move on. He's not really good drummer, but he had such an interesting ideas that the conventional drummer will never come up with because people don't play this way. And he did. How do I pronounce your last name correctly? Barry Bin. All right, this is Yuri Barry Bin. Yeah, we can pretend I'm French. Okay, <laughs> CEO and founder of 1987 Masters, an audio and visual production company. Correct? Yeah, that's right. And I'm super glad you're here, dude, because I think you got a sick story. And I remember showing up. This is right when all the Ukraine stuff started happening. And it was an, pretty much a completely Ukrainian workforce in your company, correct? Yeah, we got um, a lot of guys are from Ukraine, some from Belarus. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe couple from Russia, but these are normal normal Russians. These are good Russians. That some some of them are fighting for uh, Ukrainian freedom way more than uh, Ukrainians because they they cannot live with with something that is not right. So you grew up in Kiev. I or not? I moved to Kiev in 2000. I started in graduate university there, uh, took different jobs, radio stations, theater, big, huge, huge production company, went on tours, uh, started to work with a pretty big Ukrainian band, something like 
I would say um, Rolling Stones here. So the band that gathers stadiums all over. And then I did a lot of TV projects with uh, also live bands and everything uh, related to music. So probably the main thing that drived me, guided me, what my, was my love to music. So that was the, the key point that brought me through all that stuff. And yeah, when thinking how I started, the amplifiers were very heavy at that time. And the speakers, the loudspeakers, <laughs> were so heavy as crazy. So you had to have maybe four to six guys to lift it. Now it's easier. We got the lightweight amplifiers. We got digital snakes. We got digital boards. You know, when we use the analog boards, so the, the boards like from you to Kyle, that stuff was so heavy. You needed eight people to set it up. That was crazy. And now it just takes one person mostly, right? Mm, one were, and were those one those and sticks half. at the event? One and a half. Those are those sticks at the event, right? Those like stick speakers. Yeah, those those are nice speakers. You can set it up by yourself, but yeah, that that's nice. Before that, it was it was different. You needed on when you go on tour, you you have a full crazy big large truck of sound, another truck of lights, a smaller truck of backline. But yeah, this is how you go on tour. Now before you even get into audio stuff, just based on what you've seen, like an average American upbringing is like, how would you compare a Ukrainian upbringing? Like, were you in a suburb? Were you in the country? Like, so I, yeah, so I lived in, in probably kind of a, um, in a Southern city, probably like Boston size. We had universities there. So it's pretty, not, not a, not a village or something like that. And we had really good musicians there. And some of them inspired me and showed me what different music is. And I was uh, lucky to learn from them how to play guitar, how to play bass, then started to learn keyboards, drums and everything. And then we started to, uh, where, where we learned all that, we started to exchange instruments to give the idea how to play in the band. When, you, when you're playing in the band, it's, it's good to know how the specifics of the someone next to you help to play the other instrument. So then you're starting to communicate way better. So it was a cool thing to know. And I, when I was learning, I was standing, it was a small room, maybe something like this, all full of keyboards and everything. And I've been playing bass and the mixer was right in front of me. So the guys were like, can you bring this up and bring this down? Okay, so I started to learn that mixer. I was maybe about 15. 15. So yeah, I started to learn that mixer playing bass. <laughs> okay, now I know what that does. Okay, here you go. And then one band asked me, "Can we gonna go on the festival? Can you mix us?" Yeah, I know the board. I have an idea. Okay, let's go. Uh, and I went there. It was like older guys who knew what they're doing, but it sounded like shit. You know, all the festivals sounded like shit. I don't know. I was lucky that musicians who I was working with were really good. Or I had some... So I didn't know exactly what to do, but I had some intuition, some feelings, right? So I, I've been, I saw the board. Okay, that's my drums, bass, guitars, vocals, everything. I had um, horn sections. So it was a pretty good setup. I started to mix it. And it started to sound way better than it was sounding before. 
So these guys who were, what the fuck is this kid doing? Was sitting and looking, what am I doing there? It, it started to sound good. And there I had a feeling that even if uh, I didn't have enough knowledge and practice to do it good in the right way, I had the idea how it's supposed to sound. So I had that something like taste, right? When you when you do something and you know how the good stuff supposed to look like or supposed to sound like, you have this feeling and then you're just guessing how, oh, okay, this, this works, this not. Next time you you know how how to do it. You you had that experience. So that first time showed me that yeah, I'm capable of it. So I started to learn to get knowledge, to read books and and so on and so on. So so next time I was more ready. But you're you're getting more experience every year even when you mixed multiple bands and all that stuff. Uh you you're still getting more um every day. Were your parents musicians or like, is this a genetic trait you think? My dad is musician and he has, uh, he, he, he haven't done the career of musician, but he, he has education. He was always in that, uh, creative, uh, mood and showing me a lot of music. He's, uh, he's opera singer. Really? So yeah, that's, he's, do you have a voice too? Pretty academic. Uh, I I think I do, but you know I'm uh, I'm a little <laughs> a little more in a different field, not that academic. But knowing the knowing the, the all the peculiarities of all these um, classical jazz and all other stuff, because he could explain me really in details how the voice works, that helps you to to mix it well. And did he, what was his profession? Oh, he's. Um, you know, people who are looking for all the meters and all the, um, I don't know how, how you call it in, in, in English, but that's something, all the tools that have meters, they're supposed to have, um, they're supposed to have, uh, like calibration. So he was in, in, in charge of all these calibration processes at the, at the big factory. So it seems like there's some crossover with like your engineering ability with what he was yeah, doing for work. Maybe some understanding, yeah. When you say meters, you mean like there's like a red needle and essentially you have to make yeah, sure yeah, that's yeah. in balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, all all that stuff. But some of them are could be weights, some of them could be pressure, some of them could be, you know, depending what So he's a mechanical guy as well. Uh, yeah, I think something like that. So I think it kind of makes sense what you're doing now genetically. What did your mom do? Oh, she's an accountant, and uh, I think oh. you were born for this life, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't like numbers. That's that's a little crazy. I have to deal with it. Yeah, as a, as a business person, and here in the U.S., you you probably cannot be just creative. You have to be a business person, or you have to hire a manager to to do your numbers. But at least to understand the numbers, yeah, you can have the bookkeeper who will do all the lag work day to day but in general you have to understand how profitable something that you're doing is so you're growing up in ukraine you have this initial experience at 15 what is what's the state of ukraine at this time oh now it's it's a little crazy because we are at war no no no, no. at when you're 15 when i was 15 yeah oh that was a fun time because that was 90s it was pretty hard because we were switching from Soviet economy to new 
um, way of uh, relationships between almost everyone uh, in the in the country because people started to open their small businesses. Some people started to convert the old Soviet kind of a state-owned businesses into private. So that was a lot of stuff, and you cannot do it that in in one day. So and you also need people who have experience. And we didn't have, so we had to learn our own experience how to how to do that. And a lot of political stuff was happening because we didn't want to be Soviet Union anymore, and we wanted to be independent country, and we had to build it from scratch. For us, it's easy. Uh, '90s were great, great years. '80s, '90s, right? Uh, but for us, someone like I don't know Bill Clinton was <laughs> was an amazing person. Who was running such a nice country with uh, with a lot of things that are that were happening at that time? For us, it was new country, completely new things that we had to build, learn, and it was sometimes it was hard because um, people haven't got paychecks for half a year or something like that. That was that was pretty pretty crazy. So, like, when you say the country had to adopt new things, is it new technologies? And, like, how does this actually affect your day-to-day um, when you're 15? That, so, I started to understand that my parents are trying to earn as much money as they could just to feed the family, right? So, that was that was hard because you you have several factories in the city, some of them are working. Some of them are switching to another way of working. Some of them are waiting for the uh, some orders from abroad. So everything is very new. So you cannot tell how it's going to be. And um, there's not, not too many places where you can earn money. And I started to learn music. And to learn music, you need to listen to music. You need music instrument and so on and so on, right? So I desperately wanted to buy a guitar or a bass or something that I can play. And I wanted to buy records to to listen to music to, to get more in it. So I understood that my parents probably are too overwhelmed with just getting food and clothes and all that stuff. So it, it's not really a good idea to ask for money. So I started to find the ways how I can earn money. You're hustling. Yeah. So I started to to um, help some people to load and unload their stuff at the market. Uh, I lived maybe a couple blocks from the market. So, okay, I got that. I can get up early, help them to load and unload. I'm done. Then I go to school. Then when the school is done, the market is done. So I can help them to load everything back Deload. so i did that <clears throat> i got some money then i understood okay i have some money to to buy some records to buy some stuff and uh these people who i worked for they started to ask me do i want to to do something more that yeah why not so during the um some school vacations i could do some stuff for them uh helping a lot more so i started to get some money then i got some the keyboard and we started to um to create some beats and sell it to people who needed it so that was fun so do you think your work ethic is genetic do you think it's a ukrainian thing 
because that's i think that's the first thing i noticed when i came the first time i shadowed you guys i was like yo these people are like out here working on demon mode there no one's complaining everyone's doing their job so the main thing with the um, the idea of work is in ukraine was it was never the same day as it was before so you couldn't think about oh i found the way how to earn money and i can do it all my life no way in a month or something situation could change something could be could be really different so the main thing that you start to understand early that you have to be flexible when you're flexible it's easy to adapt to any situation so here what you saw event business that always something is changing and if you're ready for these changes you're doing good and some some of our clients they really like that that we can uh that we can adapt really quick and we can change let's say 15 minutes before doors when someone tells you oh can this tv fly probably a lot of people will say no it's too close to doors uh in certain things we can say yeah there is an idea give us a minute we'll try something i think it's the most important characteristic of a well-functioning event is your ability to pivot because think of all the crazy shit you deal with on a daily basis at any event you just have to be ready for the chaos yeah or or you have to um give the client several ideas how you can make it work and they can decide you you can actually you can say yeah you know it won't fly but i have the idea how we can put it here 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 do you like it so that's that's another way to to make it work you you, you find it the solutions for something that other people don't see because you are kind of a translator because you, you have a client who says okay i want something like that and you need to translate this information to your crew that have engineering way of thinking because to engineer you have to take this pipe <laughs> do that mm -hmm. or uh, that's the idea you can use these tools and and make it work so i'm a kind of a translator because knowing the uh, language of the client knowing the language of the engineer you can put it together the same way with musicians musicians don't know uh, how much compression you're going to put on the uh, bass or you know they cannot tell you but they want they will tell you oh i want the bass to be more stronger or i i want the drums to be more punchy right so then you can either do it or translate it to your engineer okay apply compression here do it this 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 way so that's the kind of um, translator so when you reflect job. on like those days you go into the market unloading whatever supplies they have going to school hustling do you think that just being in the environment in Ukraine at the time made American the American capitalist society very suitable for you? Like you already had the skill set ingrained in the tangibles, or you know what makes it um, when you have a dream or you have big idea, this is what drives you. So you you see the how how it is right now, and you you understand that you don't want that you have this experience right so you you started to work early you got some money you invested money in something that made it better right but you you're not dreaming about um investing money in something right you're dreaming about something way bigger so i had a dream when i was maybe 17 18 i was standing in the crowd in the festival and looking at the huge stage and good musicians there I've been thinking, okay, if 
probably it's very cool to work in such a big company that does this festival. I've been working in this company in three years. In this this company, this particular, I didn't the know the, the name. I didn't know anything about them. That's crazy. And that was something that showed. Then I started to think about probably that was something like a hint from life that you know, man, you can you can do it, and that could happen way faster than you think. And then um, that was something like a dream that was leading me, right? I haven't been thinking, oh, I want to work in the LLC company. No, it was some kind of a big idea that I want to do music festivals, working in a big company, working in, with these musicians, doing something really big, interesting, and it will, and I will have a lot of, fun a lot of it will be pleasure for me to do that right so when that, did, when that, did that you have the, the intuition sorry to cut you off with that being said when did you have the intuition i want to come to california was that at the same time oh or? that that was interesting because um when you move from a smaller city to a bigger city you understand that oh wait the limits that i had in in that small city are not with me anymore i have a, something that has totally different capacity right and you start doing the stuff there and just say oh here i can do that i can do this these people are interested in totally different networking projects everything is bigger everything is more interesting and then you get into the limit where you understand aha here here you go that's the that's the sky over here i cannot go go further but i have a lot of ideas and i cannot use them here Okay, I'm gonna. What what about neighborhoods? So I got Europe. I got all these countries. What can I do there? What what's going on? Like language. Okay, language. They understand English. That's good. Uh, people, artists, musicians. What what's going on? And then I got here in uh, 2011 to to study at college. And I got in LA, and I understood there's no limits here. Come on. I started to to talk to people to get in in different um, musicians, cinema uh, artists, business people. It was so interesting, and I couldn't understand where where the limit is. The, there is no there limit isn't. here. It's um yeah, that's been the most refreshing thing for me about being out here is just like the concentration of driven people. It's like nowhere else on the planet. And probably they have the same feeling. There's, there's no limit. That's why they come in here, collaborate, do something big, nice, interesting, and they uh, live here or they just come and go. So you do the festival with those guys, whatever, 15, you're doing the festivals in the company. At some point, you did all the audio engineering for the dude who did the Maya He song, right? Or the lead singer? Yeah. So uh, that part was interesting because I learned at, at college in 2011. Then 2015, I got back to Ukraine and um, his studio guy. So his, uh, so the, the band name was Ozone uh, and the guy name is Dan Balan. Dan Balan. Yeah, he's from Moldova. That's a tiny country between Ukraine and Romania. So... His dream was uh, that his music video was shown on MTV. In probably in the end of 90s, MTV in um, 
Ukraine and all our countries that was something unbelievable. So he was a guy from Moldova thinking about, I want my son to be on MTV. And that happened. That happened and he became extremely popular. And then he started his solo career. Then um, he collaborated with Rihanna on that song with T.I. Uh, she took this part and he was uh, nominated for Grammys. He almost They almost won Grammys with that song. Was that Live Your Life? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he told me, you know, I met Rihanna in uh, the restaurant in New York. So he, he didn't know her before. So everything started randomly. He was sitting in, in, in New York in a restaurant and she walked in and she looked at him and the, he said, I had something like a magic, you know, like two creative people saw each other. Oh, that's something interesting. And then he, he did a song with her. Uh, so that's that was very inspiring for me too because he said the story that I told him how I got here that was very similar to something that he was dreaming about MTV and it the 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 guy from the musician from Moldova became worldwide known I was gonna say like that was probably such a formative experience for you like being around someone that successful and understanding how they got there yeah and you have a feeling that this person is out, out he's extraordinary you have this feeling when he performs, when he walks in the room, he has charisma. That's that's a pretty interesting thing. And working with these people, it gives you also a lot of experience, a lot of inspiration, a lot of everything. How do you, how have you maintained such a positive mindset? I think that's like one of. Uh, I read a lot of books when probably I was like for 13, 14. I got a lot of interesting books about... Um, Give me some examples. Uh, it's a Russian book. I cannot tell you exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, what you probably know is um, Carlos Castaneda. right? You you will know about that. The... I'm going to be honest here. You're not a big reader, man. Oh, okay. Never really loved books. Uh, so, and d so that's probably different philosophies that they are from uh, from Siberia from um, Mexico, from uh, Tibet or China, or some of them are from uh, Japan. And when you read all these books, they were written in different times. So they cannot just read <laughs> and copy each other. You understand that these, these people are in different parts of the world and they came up to probably very similar conclusions that you, the mindset, if you are positive, if you if you're doing everything with um, pleasure, that gives you a lot of energy, a lot of drive. And if you're doing the things that help other people, that comes back. So helping other people, you're helping yourself. Uh, being positive to other people brings it, brings it back. Other people are also positive to you. And even if something happens that is really hard, um, and you think about it, oh, how that could happen to me. I'm really a good person. What the hell is going on? Uh, if you think about it as an experience that you have to just experience of that day, tomorrow is going to be a different day. So this experience that happened today, you learn from it. Okay, that has situation happened. It was not really good. Okay, I can analyze it probably this, this, this could be wrong. I could be a little better in this, this, this. 
and tomorrow if that happened i will do this this and this and it's going to be better so thanks for this experience let's move on that probably gives me the the idea of positive thinking how long did it take you to develop that though did it take work probably because i was pretty young so it was easy for me to form that kind of formulas and structure the only thing uh being uh, with some time it gets more um more sophisticated you kind of you see oh i didn't have small puzzle i tried to find this answer for some time and now i got it i got it from situation that was yesterday and you put this this puzzles into your system and then you have the whole picture and then at a certain point you see oh my picture was this but now i see that picture is bigger okay then you see ah it's like that and then you turn oh hell it's a lighting designer okay i want to learn that too and here's video engineer (laughs) okay that's so interesting and you 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 and then you you're becoming more um you're absorbing more absorbing yeah and you you see a lot of different um colors or a lot of different colors of life how have you in such a technical field how have you always maintained curiosity i feel like tech stuff's often so black and white if you have good teachers you need to find a good teachers i had learned physics for several years and if if i had a bad teacher it's really hard to understand because it's just some words that you know okay i know what these word means what this but when they are together doesn't make any sense if you have a good teacher they teach you how how these processes are are working in life especially when it's physics when the good teacher he's going to explain you everything you will understand so i had such a teacher she explained me physics in three days really yeah she she was a great great teacher uh and so these people i think just because i had a good teachers okay so 2015 you go back to ukraine you're working with that guy and then when do you shift back over here and start the company so i went back there in 2012 and then in 2015 i got back here because we had revolution in ukraine in 2014 that was pretty pretty crazy because can you uh, explain that for people who might not know Oh, that was, uh, so we got a president who didn't, we didn't want. And uh, that was, um, the election was uh, totally fucked up because it was not, uh, it was not done right. Does that, that do with the gray hair? Um, and all these Ukraine telecasts, they'll have Zelensky and then they'll have the ex-president in the bunch ex-pre- of them. So that, that guy was before Zelensky, but another guy was before, okay. before that Understood. guy. And he was, uh, so no one wanted him. So Ukrainians are such, such an interesting nation when they don't like something as probably that's similar to Americans. They go on a street and say, we don't want that. It's and definitely that, the same with Americans. Yeah. <laughs> and if they are not heard, they gonna, be, they will keep going. They will keep demanding that, uh, the elections were, um, were not uh, done right, that we don't want this president because that's bad for country, economy, bad for political situation. We don't, we don't want to, uh, we want to be closer to Europe. We want to get better relationships. Uh, 
so probably that made uh, Ukrainians very strong. But this um, in 2014, that was that was scary because uh, on the main square, it was huge fights. People got killed because the president didn't want to give up on the on his power. And finally, he packed his uh, jet. I think it was 747s. It was a huge, big plane. Hu huge plane. He was packing it for three days. And he tried to, to escape. He escaped with uh, money, stuff, whatever he could take with him. And Russians took him uh, with all that stuff. And where are you during this time? In Kiev. We all, all were. You were there. Yeah, we were there. We were very um, particular in what we wanted. We didn't want that that government. We wanted a different one. We wanted the right elections. We wanted to be everything in a democratic way. And I think we got it. And so were you actively out there protesting in the streets as well? So, yeah, I was there in, in 2014 and in 2004 as well uh we had we had concerts all over ukraine um helping people to understand this is something we have to fight this is our freedom this is our right to elect people who we want to be to be ruling the country and uh, we don't want to give this away so that that was the main idea now what how was the nation divided at this time in 2014 did a majority of people want the same systems you wanted you know, I saw people there and they were from different society layers, uh, business people, musicians, teachers, um, doctors, everyone was there. And uh, that was very, unif people were very united. There were some people who had probably some, um, probably some misunderstanding of what's going on. And I, I'm, I might tell probably around 15 to 20% people that were kind of okay with the stuff that was happening. But majority of people didn't want that. And what were these protests like? Were they violent? Were they peaceful? So they started very peacefully when most of the participants were students. They went to the main square uh, Maidan and they said we so what what happened we're supposed to sign some documents with the European Union that we're going to be in the one of the members soon like in 20 years you know but um, and that was that was what was promised by the government that yeah we're going to go this direction everyone likes it we're going to go there and they changed their mind in one day you know no no, no. we're not going to do that we're going to go here with Russians I go, no, 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 wait. We had been waiting for that. We had been hoping for that, that Soviet Union is far way behind. We don't want that. We want to go there. Uh, so students started that. Then people start to gather more and more and more. And they just sent police there to uh, fight the peaceful people. And that was very cruel. It was not uh, like protests here it was very uh, violent from police side and were you actually on the street for this no no i was not there but we uh we were there uh when we understood that more of us will be there 
less chances for police to to get people into jails or something like that so people started to gather after that but the first days that caused all that that Got was it. pretty violent from police side to these students and then once you had the extra influx of people were police less violent uh you know we at certain point they got almost like 500 people over there at, at the square and people had been coming from different cities it's not just you know capital kiev it was people from different cities they they put the tents there they put the some people who needed help food whatever people started to gather um food and and any any help that could uh keep that going and that was for a couple weeks and then and then they started to just to shoot people over there that was crazy and people were not afraid they started to fight back they started with the with the stones they they could find on the on the ground they started to to make the um the the wood sticks and without that and then the weapons also started to come after you understand that they are uh the police is is shooting in a couple days they started to get some weapons what well, sounds similar to how at least at the initial stages of the russian invasion ukrainian people unified because i remember seeing videos i mean this is all cnn so i could be mm -hmm. wrong but i remember seeing videos of just like thousands of people making molotov cocktails yeah molotov cocktails that's something that also helped to fight uh because otherwise you don't have anything right so this is something that helps you at least to um, to get these less damages because these these guys these students and whoever was fighting they first of them so so we got uh we got a um, uh, hundred the first hundred who died that's the we have monuments for them we have museums for them right now so people are very thankful for these people who started to fight for freedom started to fight and, and who died there how do you like how are you feeling at this time when this happens at this time right now that's not not today 2014 oh about 2014 yeah uh that's the that's the evolution of our country that's the the price of independency the price of freedom uh it's a big price because people pay their lives some people pay their lives for that uh and the, they should be honored and their families should be honored and they always should remember that their family members did a lot for ukraine and um looks like that's probably something something good something really good that is in future could cost a lot and it's it's unfortunate that it costs life to some people that's that's really bad but what we can say we can only thank them thank forever how um like how are you you're a younger guy at this time how are you feeling like are you just unsure about your own future are you like i got to get back to the states at that point you understand that when uh your country is in in this position where where a lot of things are changing you, you have um 
revolution then uh something's gonna happen you you're not certain uh probably festivals music and all that concerts this is the last thing that's gonna happen and if uh that's something that you're doing that's part of your life your job so you're thinking okay probably i have to move somewhere and find the other other opportunities somewhere else and the main thing that uh, now we all know that war is happening and a lot of musicians are uh, trying to to do concerts not in ukraine somewhere else to earn money and they feel a little guilty that they are not in the country i had maybe five or six people who i talked to and i told them guys you are musician you create music you you write songs right so what you can do you can sing your songs either back there in ukraine for our soldiers either somewhere here in us to get some money and send this money back to your families to soldiers to anyone who needs that help this is how you can help don't think about that you have to take a, a weapon go fight after you're gonna fight will you be able to write a song maybe not after you're gonna be there where people kill each other and you're gonna see that your 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 brain could be um infected after that of what you have seen ptsd yeah and you won't be able to write that song anymore because you will have these memories did right? you feel an initial guilt when the invasion happened at first yeah yeah you always think it's not like a guilt that's something uh am i doing enough to help am i right now what what else can i do can i send money can i send more money can i think about buying something and sending it to to my families to neighbors to people who are in in the first row of of the fights yeah these questions you always ask yourself i think um so i had a congresswoman on the podcast like two years ago and i was like who can make a bigger impact on people entrepreneurs or politicians and she would and so this is a woman in congress mm -hmm. she was like absolutely entrepreneurs so do you feel like you're in like a a particularly special place right now because like you're here running a business you feel like an obligation to do the most to give back or so you know last last week we finished the tour across us where we had three artists from ukraine uh hard case onuka and ivan dorn so these three guys are pretty popular they're big stars in ukraine and all our neighborhood countries and they went on to charity tour where we gathered money and send it to um our our army uh, to our country to whoever needed money we sent it there uh, and that was good because this is something that uh, all of us can do we can do a concert or festival people can uh, come to the concert and just pay for the ticket uh, someone can create something sell it and send donate this money <clears throat> to help a little bit so i think not just uh, politicians or entrepreneurs everyone can do something if you're thinking oh i am not that big i cannot do anything this is wrong everyone can do it just sending you know a couple dollars may do a huge impact on something 
But you have to understand that you are doing it because you are such a good person and you want to help. So if you want to help, and if you're going to do it with a, with a good heart, good feelings, it's going to help. How have you been able to compartmentalize the fact that like you have family and friends that are in a war-ridden country right now and then also build your business and do your day-to-day? Like, how do you do that? that? That's hard because you are reading news almost half of the night and uh, in the morning because uh, the time time difference. Uh, if something happens, you want to call your uh, friends or families. And that's a little hard because you, you're not sleeping enough. And during the day, it's good that it's night there. So not that much stuff happening. Uh, so you can you can work, but then you come back home in the evening, read all these news again, uh, trying to call, is everyone safe? And then, yeah, everyone's safe. Okay, that's good. Who's yeah, over there right now? Is your... My dad, my mom's family, my grandmother, and uh, a lot of friends, a lot of musicians, a lot of people who I work with, most of them don't want to leave the country. That's sometimes, you, you, it's psychologically that's hard to be there and they say no that's our country we're going to be here it's hard we don't we don't feel safe but we feel that we have to be here we have to to if something happens we're ready to defend our land our country our homes our kids i don't know how you'd be able to operate a company on a day-to-day basis like if i in in my head right now if like my dad was like yeah you know an army might invade my town right now. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even focus on anything else. Like you it's pretty to, amazing. You, you have to switch. You have you have to have this switch that okay. I'm switching off the news and all that part. I'm focusing on the on the on the business day to day thing, uh, and then you come back home. You switch back because otherwise it's impossible because that that impacts. So you you're doing a fun party. And uh, that's, I know that's some, so, you know, for, for the client uh, that is having an event for them, it doesn't matter what problems do you have back home, right? And it doesn't matter. You, you had a, you had a quarrel with your uh, wife or you have something going on in, in your country, like war for them, it doesn't matter. So you have to switch. So this, uh, your personal thing doesn't impact on the event because an event should be perfect. You have only one time what the event is happening now. That's like, um, uh, like a live TV or on air. That's the same for this event. It happens once you done it perfectly. Client is happy. Then you can switch back to your, your, your thing. So has work almost been an escape for you? Un, not an escape. It's like a switch. You're, you're, when you switch and you, you have a little bit of, um, you can get some rest working. You're, you're getting some rest from, from your, your stuff. So right now, just based on the conversations you have with your friends back home, your family, what, what, what do Ukrainians want? right now besides obviously russia leaving entirely uh probably russians leaving that's the main thing and then afterwards like what would be the most beneficial outcome Mm, on the long run i think that ukrainians will want some because part of the country is totally destroyed so and someone has to pay for it 
I don't I don't know what's the mechanism of that will be, but probably Ukrainians will want uh, that Russians will pay for for that damage, and I think they damaged the uh, world economy by that. You can let's think about what country is now not in in impacted by that war all the countries got the gas and uh, oil prices skyrocket right so almost every country is impacted because of that and that's that's not good thing for for all the world so i think the the world sh shouldn't allow that these these things happen this should, this should be punitive i think that so a lot of uh, organizations in the world were created for not something like um, Nazi regime happen again, right? Because what happened in Germany in 1939, when the Second World War started, that was a, it was a crazy idea of one person and he was able to convince other people that it's good, right? Uh, so organizations like uh, NATO, uh, yeah, they were made for that not happen again. And now what we see, it happens again. So the world have to think about how to change and to make it not happen ever again. What was it like? What was it like that? when you got the call, like, okay, Russia's invading Ukraine, like, what were you thinking? Where were you in Los Angeles at the time? Yeah, I was here and I called everyone who I could reach asking to, to leave, especially to leave Kiev. Uh, my wife's parents are in the Western part, closer to Poland. I told them, guys, we have a big house over there. Just all, all of you go there. They said, oh, it's like 12 of us. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Just take whatever you need to take and go there. It was hard to convince people because they they didn't want to go. They they wanted to to fight for the their homes. Some of them, maybe in three weeks when it started to get a little bit easier, they went and they lived with my wife's parents for a couple months. But some of them, my dad, he didn't want to go anywhere. He said, I'm staying here. And you cannot do anything. You think, okay, uh, how can I convince him? Um, and, you know, you can find the words and bring the ideas and tell him how, how that could be bad or how you want to protect him. But if his decision is to stay at home and um and protect his home he cannot do anything and that's a that's a little hard yeah because um, if you are in the country you maybe can go there and see him in person and maybe it's going to work and on the phone it's a little different how do you have levity in this situation like how are you able to keep an even keel um like are you meditating right now or yeah, med meditation helps uh, to bring certain things into balance, but uh, probably something like uh, patience that I inherited from my father. He's a very patient person. I don't know. My mother is 
is is crazy like hyper yes she's ah like you know she lives in italy for 22 years and she's getting she's she's more um impulsive impulsive uh, interesting talking a lot with emotions and everything that's cool that's uh, sometimes it's like a performance but my dad is very calm so probably it's interesting uh marriage that <laughs> that these people are getting along really good together uh and he's he's very wise and calm and a lot of patience so probably i inherited that and this helps to 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 mellow all these uh, things that could give you all this emotional uh, instability that that helps to to do that but yeah that's that's something something probably i learned from him and and inherited a little bit do you mind if i shift real quick just to talk about you building the business oh yeah yeah sure okay um so just so we can understand the timeline so when you come back here in 2015 how do you get your foot in the door in Hollywood? So I met a friend. I got acquainted with him when I was in college in 11. Uh, I met a friend and he said, I'm a lighting guy. You know a lot about sound and you're a sound engineer. Uh, why don't we do a, make a company together? And so, okay, no problem. That's a good, good idea. And we started to, to think about it, what we can do, how it's possible to do and uh there was the time when uh, we were working on that together and then i ended up working without him because he went a little bit in a different direction certain things we couldn't um couldn't get the unity in but that's that's normal that's fine i helped him he helped me so and then uh i opened my own company but um and what are you doing at the time? Just events in Hollywood? Event? Yeah, there was events and mostly... Um, so we tried to understand what... Because events are different. Some of them are private events. Some of them are club events. Some are uh, corporate, right? And, and some of them are music. So I like music most of all because that's something that I always wanted to do. But here it's it's not that easy just to go to, I don't know, Billie Eilish and say, oh, I'm going to be a sound engineer. No, it doesn't work like that. So uh, some of the things you start to do and our way was doing a lot of corporate stuff. And some of the corporate people invite guests, invite musicians and hear how you can get into music world as well. And then what was the first big client? Did you say you were doing something with Nickelodeon at one point? Yeah, so probably, yeah, Nickelodeon, one, one of uh, the big, biggest corporate uh, things, and we did presentations for them. That was really interesting because they presented their um, new stuff, what, what's coming, like a sneak peek of uh, the future seasons and everything for their big clients. That was interesting to be a part of it because you're learning... Um, how how these big executives are talking to each other that's also very interesting yeah you you're you're doing some uh like video engineering or all that audio presentation part but uh, you have that privilege to be in the room with uh, big executives that's when interesting you're, when to you're learn. when you're grinding though how did you land that initial client um you know that was also with uh 
some some of my colleagues and partners who work here for a long time and uh they got some uh clients and we so i have a partner who is doing the um most of the client talking stuff and getting the new clients and networking and at that time i was doing the production part getting everything ready and hiring crew and uh, doing pre-production writer uh communication with bands and everything so that that was interesting uh to know all the aspect of the event and then it was easier to get the own clients who i can bring from for my company well i can just imagine coming over here like your english was obviously probably not as strong as it is now so i learned british and that British. was and that was interesting. What do you mean British? Yeah, because uh, uh, you had a British accent. I had, <laughs> not anymore. That's hilarious. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was absolutely lovely. That's how you adopted <laughs> English. Yeah. So and it was interesting for accents. It's it's very interesting part of any language, and knowing, uh, I know a guy who knows one hundred eighty five accents, English accents. Really. And he's working with the. Um, uh they teach actors how to talk when they are playing a dialect coach yeah okay that's so interesting so so when you came here you were speaking in a british accent not that crazy but yeah it was and it was a little bit hard because your uh your tongue and your mouth is still still trying to do british but your brain is trying to do american it was some confusion it was fun Holy shit, that should be that should be your next sketch idea, Luke. <laughs> Armand, are we doing okay on time? Uh yeah, like five minutes. Okay, cool. Um all right, so you just kind of start like getting in the mix. It seems like you were networking, executing on every event. Then where do things like really grow for you? Because COVID I'm sure was a big punch in the face. Uh that was yes, but also as you know that we are flexible we're trying to adapt to the situations and we started to do more uh, more filming because we had a, we have a department that does uh, broadcast with cameras with all that stuff so we started to do some interviews some uh, podcasts some of that uh, during covid and we started to use a green screen this type of events we did several corporate meetings that had everything was on the green screen but we had a dj in our warehouse and all the um all the employees of the company they were in new york so that was fun you know you have a host in la you have a dj in la a ceo in new york all the employees in New York, but everyone is in front of their computers, but they're having fun, they're dancing, they they, they have a nice corporate um, holiday party. And that was interesting. When you talk to your family in Ukraine, are they like, our boy Yuri made it, he made it? Uh, I think so, yeah, I, I think they're they are thinking this way. But when, if, you, if you're gonna ask me, I, I will tell you that, I'm thinking it's not enough that that I have a lot of things that that I have to do a lot of a lot of bigger projects a lot of things that I'm thinking and planning because uh, there's there's never the end 
that's about also the sport people of sports you know when the coach is training the let's say the runner he's not standing on the finish line usually they're standing after finish line because the person who is crossing the finish line he has to understand that there is something after it so that's why the coach is standing after the finish line and it gives you the idea that after i'm done i have the next project i have the next idea i have the next uh, goal that i want to to get i'm also sure your appetite has changed completely in terms of what you think is feasible because you're just you're around all these like super wealthy successful people all the time and you're executing like that your dreams and your ideas must have changed a lot over the past two years than they did in 2012. The dreams, ideas, and I I think it's not change. That's just uh, having this the scale changes. You have still the idea to do interesting music projects or interesting movie projects, something like that. And you have uh, just the scales is, is becoming bigger and uh and speed is different you can so execute faster yeah everything is getting faster and um knowing that time time is not uh is is something that you cannot change you're trying to fit as much as possible in the time frame that you have you want to when you were 20 you can ah, i have a lot of time for that then no you, you understand that okay i want to get these things faster i want to do that 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 a lot of things are interesting I want to participate in. We're going to have to wrap up. But um, just for like an average person who may consume the content, what would how could they actually help Ukraine or whatever? Uh, and like how do they actually know where their money is going? I think that's most people are on the fence about that. They're like, I'd love to send money, but I don't know where the fuck it's going. Uh, that's probably something that you have to check on right so you when you when you probably send money to funds i'm not sure if all the funds are are doing the right thing and and are trustful uh what we are trying to send people let's say i know that uh the animals in that zoo that is in kiev they don't have food right so i'm just buying the ticket the online ticket for that zoo so i know exactly that th this zoo will get the the money Good idea. Yeah, if I see that, okay, this uh, this business needs something. Th these guys are selling, I don't know, coffee, so I'm just buying coffee online, uh, and they're getting money. More specifically, are there Ukrainian-based businesses in Los Angeles? People could just go. Uh, Is there a Ukrainian restaurant around here you like? No, not really. But really? I hope it's gonna be one. That's your next business to... idea, man. I have that idea. I I'm I I'm too uh to time consuming in uh, the events business but restaurant i like to cook that's that's good, good there's thing. no ukrainian restaurant in all of los angeles there is one in in new york uh but no no like yeah we have to do i it. got my next business idea okay i have an adopted cousin from ukraine okay i'm gonna say hey Hire you now you have over. to cook <laughs> yeah you gotta learn something even though you've lived in the u.s your whole life um thank you very much for this man i appreciate it hope you had a good time yeah i had really good time thanks for uh having me here for thanks sure man
Um, this is how we start and end the episodes for post-production and pre-production. So I'm going to say it once. I feel like you're going to execute on it. But again, uh-huh. I'm only going to say it once. So listen very closely. You're a stoic man. I know you're going to absorb this information. So you got to say, hi, your name. And this is my golden hour. So your name would be Uri. <laughs> okay. Directly after, no break. Hi, your name. And that was my golden hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can slate towards the camera. Okay. Hi, my name is Yuri Barabin. This is my golden hour. That was Yuri Barabin. That was my golden hour. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You did not get it, Yuri. What? So it's. <laughs> Hi. That was fun. Hi, I'm Yuri. This is my golden hour. Okay. Hi, I'm Yuri. That was my golden hour. <laughs> okay. Hi again? Why did yes. you say hi again? It's pre production, post production here, man. Just let me take care of the edit, brother. Okay. (laughs) Is he a Ukrainian comedian, no? (laughs) Here we go. Hi, this is Yuri Barbin. I am, right? I had to say, I am. Hi, Yuri. I'm Yuri. Okay. That's that's the hardest part. Hi, I'm Yuri Barbin. This is my golden hour. Hi, I'm Yuri Barabin. That was my golden hour. Well executed, man. Thank you. Thank you. You got it, man. <laughs> golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait. Was that not it? Hey, enter. Just, you forgot to enter. <laughs>